Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host for the show. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to talk about why kids bully. So why do kids bully? It's an interesting thought. And you know, bullies really don't need a reason to pick on somebody else. All they have to do is look for any weakness or difference in somebody, and they'll bully them. But it's not so much the fact that they bully somebody. It's the fact that they got away with it. Therein lies our problem. Therein lies the issue that we have with our students today. You know, a child's brain will respond to things very similarly to just the way Pavlov's dogs did. Remember Pavlov? He rang the bell and the dogs began to salivate. Interestingly enough, there's a logic that develops in a a child's brain who is a bully. And that is, if I pick on this kid and I get away with it, I'll do it again. And the victim's thought process is, I fear this person and I don't know what to do. And I'm either going to run or I'm going to fight. And most times they run. That's why we talk about helping victims develop greater resiliency. So they could stand up to a bully. Now, if you take a young child who's five years old, any information that he's received up to that point, he ends up, that ends up getting solidified in his brain. In brain research, that's known as a window of opportunity. And the social and emotional window to a child's brain closes at the age of five. 
So if the bully believes that he can pick on somebody, and he believed that up till the age of five, his logic is, I can do it. If the victim's brain says that I'm afraid of this kid because he's either bigger, stronger, or whatever the case may be, his logic is, I'm frightened. And there you have part of the reason why kids bully. It's a learned behavior. It's something that they pick up. It's not part of their DNA. I mean, in a, a person doesn't learn, doesn't, in, in a person, there's not the ability to hate in someone's DNA. Or to pick on, or to say things. That's not part of their DNA. That's all learned behavior. Sometimes we can get crossed up and believe that there is something organically wrong with someone. When in reality, it's learned. Now, I've spoken about this before, but if you take a person who was bullied and or you take a person who was a victim and they never learn how to manage the be, the behavior from a bully they never learn how to manage it they never learn how to say stop knock it off they never learn how to say that's not kind they never learn how to just speak their mind what'll happen is okay they grow angry and p part of the difficulty that we have in schools today is we have angry kids. But as they grow angry, they also, that private logic, that starts to grow in their brain. And they start to, they, they begin to become angry and take it out on people some of them whom they know, some of whom they don't know. The ones that they know could be families, friends, could be a lot of things. This is part of the reason why we have school shootings. The issue is, though, that that person, with all of that anger and all of that rage built up inside of him because he was bullied, and his not knowing what to do with all of it, he takes it out on others. Now, if he ha or she happens to get married and begins to use that anger and bitterness and rage in his family, and he has children or she has children, what will happen is the kids begin to believe that I get what I want by bullying. Follow this. The victim will end up going to school and become the next bully. The victim has taught his or her children how they get their own way. I get what I want through fear and intimidation. That's part of it. That's part of it. And it's learned. It's learned. It's a learned behavior 
that kids pick up on. It's the, the, the conclusion that they draw from being in an environment that probably is dysfunctional. Now, let's talk for a minute about this idea that people can say whatever they want. Freedom of speech is not the freedom to say what you want, but the wisdom to say what you ought. And if I allow a kid to get away with saying just about anything that he wants, his logic will then be, I can say what I want. Well, you can't say what you want. You can't yell fire in Macy's unless there's a fire. So what happens is, no correction, absolutely no uh, consequence related to the fact that you say what you want to someone. That's another reason why someone becomes a bully. They have two reasons. One, a bully, who, a victim who did not understand how to manage bullying behavior. It's a victim. Grows up angry, believes that he can get what he wants through fear and intimidation. He, he ends up raising, or she ends up raising children. They go into school, and they believe they can do the same thing. Then we have this idea of freedom of speech. You cannot say what you want, but if, it, if what they say isn't corrected, guess what's going to happen? They're going to end up going to school and say what they want to other people, and they're going to pick on people, they're going to look for weaknesses, they're going to look for differences. And they will end up picking on others. It's a matter, folks, of someone getting away with it. You can't get away with deviant behavior. But if you do, you are willing to take the risk the next time. Life is based on what I call gain and loss. And you'll always ask yourself the question, what am I going to gain and what am I going to lose? And if the loss isn't great enough, you're going to continue with behavior that is deviant, cruel, unkind, disrespectful, irresponsible, and a whole host of other things. Bullies are not successful. They are not successful. As they grow older, there's a greater chance of incarceration when they're 24 years of age. There's, there's several, several things that happen to bullies when they, as they grow older. They're not successful in relationships. They have difficulty. They have difficulty getting into relationships. They have difficulty dealing with their boss. They have trouble on the job because they don't quite understand that they have to do what they're told, when they're told to do it, with a good attitude. This is as they grow older, and it's because they were never corrected as a child. When you look at some of the statistics that are related to bullying, 60% of middle school kids say that they've been bullied, while only 16% of staff believe that the students are bullied. 
In other words, the staff or the teachers believe, only 16% of them believe that students are bullied. Meanwhile, 60% of the kids say that they've been bullied. 30% of students who, were, uh, who reported they'd been bullied said that they'd at times brought a weapon to school. This is the angry victim that we have to look at. Because they're not sure what to do. They don't know how to confront. They don't know how to, ha- how to have productive conflict. So what do they do? The way that they believe they can feel safe is bring a weapon to school. A bully is five times more likely to have a serious criminal record when he grows up. And two-thirds of the students who are targets, there's your victim again, become bullies. And often that victim will produce the next bully. 20% of high school kids said they thought about committing suicide. 20%. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. And we have to take a look at this so that we can then begin to make changes in school. You know, if you have a bullying program in your school, you got to ask yourself what you're doing with it. Because if you're not doing anything with it, why even have it? And all bullying, anti-bullying programs have to be. They must be data-driven. You have to look at the data that's related to the bullying. That's a must. There was one school that had an anti-bullying program in place. And again, it doesn't matter what program that you use. I know my book, Anti-Bullying 101, complements any anti-bullying program. And they put the program in place. Everything was going great. Bullying dropped by about 10 or 15%. Things were going wonderful. Next year, same program, bullying spikes 40%. How come? I'll tell you why. Because of the fact that they added one more minute of passing time between classes. So if you have nine periods, you have nine extra minutes where something can happen. We have to take a look at the problem comprehensively. That is the key to all of this. You have to take a look at the problem comprehensively. If you don't, what you end up doing is what you what you end up doing is having the thing and never really paying attention to it. And then you just get into the discipline cycle of disciplining kids for bullying never really taking the steps to try and stop it. You know, there's a lot of players that are involved with bullying. There's a lot of them. And when you look at this, and you think about it for a minute, it's stuff that you don't even consider. 
It's stuff that you don't even consider. You have the bully and the victim. That's for sure. Yeah, the bully bullies the victim. The victim deals with things the way he deals with things. Then you have something that's called the bystander, who we're trying to change to an upstander. Make the kids stand up for one another. But there's two that we rarely talk about. Two. One of them is someone that's called the rescuer. And the rescuer is a great kid, but he doesn't know how to rescue. Because he puts his focus, or she puts her focus, on the bully. A good rescue puts the focus on the victim and works to lead the victim out of the bullying situation. And then you have the collaborator, who is a, a kid who just is the bully's sidekick. And he collaborates with the bully, and he points out the weaknesses in others and lets the bully do the dirty work. So there's a lot going on here that we don't talk about. And there's a lot going on here that we must, we must deal with. The first two things that I told you are key as to why kids become bullies. Lack of correction and angry victims. Those are the two keys. But we can't take for granted that because we have a bullying program in our school, that bullying is going to be reduced. I, I went over to one school and I offered an anti-bullying program to them. I went over everything with them. I'm not even going to tell you where it was. And the principal of the school said to me, well, we don't have that problem here. What do you mean you don't have that problem here? Of course you have that problem here. It's everywhere. No, we don't have She didn't want anything. Three days later, three days later, we don't have that problem here. Some kid gets abducted right in front of the school. Right in front of the school gets taken. Now, was that event bullying? Well, it depends on how you want to look at it. The idea is that this kid got picked up, dragged off, and thrown in a car. And everybody went up in arms that the school wasn't doing their part. The bottom line is, you, you have a mentality that, oh, we don't have that problem here. Something will happen. So, folks, the two things. Deal with the angry victim and make sure that bullies are held accountable. Absolute. Don't think that you don't have the problem in your school. It does exist. Make sure that you have an anti-bullying program that you use and that it's data-driven and evaluated every year. And also, look at your school climate and try and determine if, in fact, it's encouraging bullying. Remember, bullies don't need a reason to bully. And again, it's not organic, and it's not in the DNA. It's learned behavior that we've turned our back on. We've not paid attention to it. It's been going on for 40 years, and there's a 
we, we have gotten to a point where it's reached epidemic proportions. So let's not kid ourselves. Let's do our part to put an end to bullying in schools, communities, and in families even, because as we move forward, the problem may not get better. It may get worse. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please go to my website, www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Check stuff out there. You'll love it. There's all kinds of material. There's courses you can take. There's activities that are there. Uh, there are, go to the store. There's a ton of stuff in the store that I think you'll find very useful. Very useful as you deal with the bullying epidemic. Once again, my name is Jim Burns, and thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.